Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. So this week, it's the Space Museum. Hey, <laughs> that was a really weird. One. Wow, <laughs> that was a weird one. That was a very weird. That was a weird one. <laughs> I liked it. I appreciate it. Okay, <laughs> but first, it's the whiskey of the week, baby. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> ding, 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 Okay, so this week's whiskey is Oak and Eden, Finished Whiskey, Creator's Cask, Cask Strength, Bourbon and Spire. Somehow I'm going to parse all that down so it's not quite so wordy in the title of this episode. But y'all, this shit's legit. Yeah, I was very excited. So this week I went over to our local Total Wine. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool because it's it's an innovative whiskey. We've been having a lot of really cool, exciting flavors mm-hmm. and things that are experimental and things that kind of are new to the whiskey scene. Yeah. But this is like some patented shit. Yeah. And it's real special. It's got, if you haven't seen one, it is just your standard bottle of whiskey. But it's got an oak spiral, mm-hmm. I'm sure to increase surface area of the available wood. Yeah. But it essentially lets, once the whiskey gets into a bottle of any of our other favorites, mm-hmm. at that point, it is what it is. Right. It stops aging. Mm-hmm. So the spiral in here actually helps age the whiskey as it sits in the bottle. So we, it'll be interesting to see because we're going to, we still have a couple of episodes left. Yeah. I don't necessarily know, like, how long, how much it has to sit in here for it to, like, make any discernible difference. Yeah. But we'll have this again during the season two recap. And I can't imagine we'll finish the bottle then. This one? So this one is actually the most, the one that will most likely be deceptive. I think so. We've we've talked about deception and whiskey earlier on in this season. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think this one is the true deceptor because it actually has an organism inside the bottle that can actually change. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, it's the a, taste. yeah, and it's a super fascinating. I'm really looking forward to as we getting as we're getting more into our knowledge base and mm-hmm. kind of knowing what we're talking about, even if I still can't taste for shit. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these companies that are like really going, this is something brand new. I mean, this kind of reminds me of like when you ever get tequila and there's like Mm. the snake or whatever Mm. insect Mm. Mm -hmm. inside the bottle. Yes. 
I don't know if that necessarily has any properties. I don't think to it does. Change it, but this one, it, yeah, this is what it's meant to to do. Interesting. And and um, it is how how many proof? A lot. It's a lot. It's a hundred and nineteen. Nope, one hundred and sixteen. So get ready, guys. We're gonna get real lit by the end of this episode. It's a very beautiful amber color. It really is. I'm sure this is gonna fucking kill my nose. I don't know. I took a good whiff earlier, and it's. It's a beautiful scent, odor, not odor, mm. scent, aroma, 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 aroma. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want odor coming out of your. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you put the. That's when you have the snake. In All right, y'all. So we're not professional um, whiskey tasters, but we will not tell Look, you that. I'm going to be real. Odor. Okay. I'm going to be real. If we've got, if you've gotten this far listening into the podcast, you know. unless this is your first episode and if welcome. it is welcome, we're happy to have you. If you're looking for a very scientific, very particular, uh, description of your whiskeys, you can visit the local website of the whiskey company. <laughs> um, <laughs> Google it shit, bitch. Google is your friend. But um, we will be giving you the raw, honest opinion of uh, two amateur whiskey connoisseurs. Well, I think I'm more of the amateur. You're a little bit more seasoned. I yes. I'm the boiled chicken in this thing. I hope this is your. Except that I would say yes. Except that I think I have less of a palate than you do, and so I, I can't. Did taste. get those right? Yeah, I can't season. taste for shit. But I like know I because I'm doing like the research behind some of it. Like I kind of am like getting to start to know more. Mm-hmm. But you're the one where you're like, this tastes like this, and I'm like, this tastes like whiskey. I like <laughs> it. I don't like it. Probably I like it. So, <laughs> chin chin. Ooh, that was good. That was the smack. Cool. Oh, oh, right. It's almost it almost reminds me of a uh, Jack Daniel's honey whiskey. That's what it smells like. I've not had Jack Daniels honey, but I was thinking it smells very like syrupy, honey-ish. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is a It's fucking... 116 proof. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? In terms of the burning in my mouth, it's, not, it, it's more the aroma. Like... If I were to breathe over this cup with my mouth open, I could definitely kill the COVID. I yeah, I accidentally breathed into it before I yeah, take a drink, right? and it made my eyes water. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely one of those where just the fumes. Oh yeah, this is definitely going to be a. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I literally just opened my mouth and breathed yeah. into the cup. Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. A hundred percent is going to need some ice. We're going to have to water this down. Yes, because uh, by the end of this year. I will die. We'll be dancing on the table. I will be dead. (laughs) I will be dead for the next infinite amount of time. It would be the end of this show. The best part about this is that I don't, I don't feel the fuck you punch going down my throat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's there because it's, it's like peeking out and saying, hello, I'm here. I'm still whiskey. Yeah. Just Hello. But you're dangerous because you don't taste like you're 116 proof. You taste like you're more 
of a, the 90 proofer that we've had. Well, I think part of the issue, because I think it does taste like it's 116 proof. I think you're this conflating with the fact that rye punch you in the back of the throat. And so Maybe. it's not a rye. Because rye, because, you know, one of these days we're going to have to bring some rye back in. But I felt like And we haven't ones, done a rye in a while. Other ones that weren't rye have definitely punched my throat. Sure. But nothing has been as smooth as this, I want to say, beyond maybe Yellow Rose and Hooves. And Hooves. A.K.A. The Shire. The Shire. Because, is it The Shire? I'm fucking confusing my whiskey at this point. But I want to say We've that, tried a lot. We've tried a lot. But I want to say that out of all the ones that we have had, that are the most alcoholic. Yeah. This is one where I could comfortably get drunk mm-hmm. and not hate my life sure. because I'm swallowing it. Mm. At some point, maybe what we'll do is... Uh, That's what she said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe at some point what we'll have to do is as we're looking at like flights that we can do is pull together all of the real high-proof ones, yeah. so cask strength assortment and kind of do a like this is what all of these have to offer at between 100 and 120 proof which makes me think like do they take it out of the barrel and then put the piece of oak there so that it can age to get to 116 proof or is it 116 proof off rip yes when they bottle it yeah, so okay. that the proofing comes from the distillation. Gotcha. Putting it with the oak ages it to get flavor. Oh, so I'm I'm confused. See, this is how much of a non uh, whiskey Google is our friend. The distillation process is what is going to determines your alcohol by volume, which in the U.S. times two gives you your proof. Mm-hmm. And um, what I just learned from my friendly neighborhood Google man is that the proof system has been around since the 1600s. Hmm. And it was how they determined how much you were going to tax your alcohol was hmm. the proof level. All right, I lied. Now I feel the punch. I mean, it's strong. I think... Because now I feel the burn, right? Your whole body just Ooh. shook. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. For the record, it's what I have to do in court. It's intense. I think that we will benefit. I think we will like it a lot more when it's watered uh, down a little bit. Yeah. Punchy. That's how I would describe it. After my second sip, yeah. I would not have this on an empty stomach. No. Because it's definitely stinging my stomach a little bit today. Okay. So now that we've added a little bit of ice. All right. Ice, I can take it. It's still strong. It's still strong. It still has a punch. But it's better. My, my stomach is still burning. But, um. That's neither here nor there. So what are you going to give it? Um, fuck. Let me try another sip. You go first. Because I, 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 I need to take it in one more time. I don't want to be, like, misguided by the fact that I like the punch. And the punch here is being provided by the fact that it's 116 proof. I don't necessarily like the flavor as much as some others that we've had. Uh-huh. 
it's reminding me of a post that we actually posted to the Instagram recently where there's like no such thing as a bad whiskey except for 1835. <laughs> there's just some that are less good than others. So for me, this is sitting at like a 8.25. It's not really 8.25. It's not my favorite. That's still pretty high. Wow. Jen's washing her mouth out. You get a hard six. I'm sorry. I think out of between tasting it initially and even now, it's still going to sit. It got a lot worse with the water, with the ice. Um, not as, but I, I think the ice for me kind of prolonged the sting. I don't like it as much with the ice, but the sting is why I don't like rye. This sting is. I mean, I feel like even with a rye, I've never had to rinse out my mouth before. No, you've never had to rinse out your mouth. You've um, never done that. And this is a first. Even even when I had the dry mouth a couple mm-hmm. episodes back. Yeah, that's the one we that's the one we just released. That was fucking hilarious. Even when I had the dry mouth. Yeah. After rinsing out, after like cleansing the palate, lubricating the palate a bit, it got better. Yeah. But here. The first sip was great, and then I let it sit for a little bit. The second sip was harsh. Mm-hmm. Put ice in it. The third sip was hell. It it opened in a weird way where like I even it got it got worse. It got like sour. Yeah, I know that there's an aspect to whiskey that like conflates with the sour note in my brain that I like for the most part. Mm-hmm. This hit me in a way where I wasn't feeling it as much. This reminds me of my science fair project as a sophomore in, co- in, in high school where I was burning ethanol. Wow. Cotton balls. Wow. Like the, the, the fumes that I, that I mm. got afterwards. You know what? Yeah. I, the fact that when that my eyes have watered too much from breathing into, into Like, this it. is the first time that your eyes have ever watered I This is from... the poorest reaction I've ever had. And having a second sip, we'll just Third, pretend four, like three, I, six, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, really ruminating on this at this right. point. I, I'll probably have to bring it down. And for context, folks, um, I know this is going to sound like it's been in a 10-minute bite, but, like, we've actually been sitting here with this whiskey for about, like, 30 minutes. Okay. From the first time that we... I would even say, like, 40 minutes. This got worse with time. Yeah. Which I felt like with other ones, it got better. Yeah, like, the more we drank, the more we liked it. I mean, because we were also more drunk, but... Well, yeah, but I would even say at this point... But but this one didn't... Like, usually the stronger ones are diluted by the water. And I... Sorry. By the ice cube. And, And it's still kicking my ass. Which here's my issue with it is for you, sippability is really important. Yeah, and this is not it. This is not, I don't think this is very sippable. And what I have realized or, through, sh- or shots, no, I would not want to take a shot of this. No, I like feeling my esophagus mm-hmm. and my stomach mm-hmm. after I drink the whiskey. I like that burn. This doesn't really give me that, considering that it is a big kick and it's got a lot going on. It doesn't give me that burn. And I'm like, that's what I want. Yeah. So I feel it. But it's not the positive burn sure. that I expect from yeah. drinking whiskey. 
Ah, uh, for for me with this with this whiskey, I hurt my stomach. <laughs> it's like smooth in the wrong places and rough in the wrong places. Like I want a rough whiskey. I want something that makes me feel something. It's like when people say they want a bad boy. It's giving me fake badass. Right. The vibes are fake badass. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, I'm from, I, I want to say that I am. I like, watched two music videos, but I'm from River Oaks, and I went to the local store, and I dressed <laughs> this way. Not River Oaks. <laughs> so that you could think I was something, and I went to a different neighborhood, but I'm going back to my mom and dad's garage. So. Look, you called that other one boiled chicken. <laughs> the more I'm like sitting on this, look, I'm gonna be honest, I've changed my score. Like, my score just keeps dropping. It's reading frat boy, privileged frat boy, wants to be a badass vibe. I'm, I'm fascinated by the concept of the. Oak spiral. It's a beautiful pattern. Hundred percent. Idea. I would love. To it's try a cute it bottle. Here. I'm super. Yes. I, I'm interested in like where this is going to go. Like this is definitely a company that I'm going to pay attention to mm -hmm. because they're clearly innovative. Mm -hmm. Is this whiskey it? No. Yeah. There are. It is not the it's, best. We it's have. it's reading privileged white boy who's going into hip hop you know, and rapping about dealing drugs. And being in the ghetto. How are you going to try and call me out for saying this voice from River Oaks so you know from, <laughs> from that explanation? I know. <laughs> very that. It's very that. You know what it is to me? That Oak Spiral is a gimmick. Mm. It's a standard whiskey. Maybe even a little subpar. They put that Oak Spiral in, which is innovative. And I am fascinated by the concept, and I would love to talk to people who don't use the Oak Spiral to know, is this something you wish that you could use? Is this something you think is interesting? What is, how are other people... So we should have done this one for Halloween. You had it as a six. You can keep it as a six? A hard six. I was lofty. Yeah, you give it an 8.2... I, it, it's a seven. As point of reference, my average last season was, was an eight. Yeah. I'm honestly struggling because I don't think it's worse than 1835. It is not 1835. And why is it not 1835? Innovation. The gimmick. They are trying. But it's a gimmick. That's why. It, it's like... Is it a... But that's why I need to... I'm, I don't want to give any we more... We talk to more people to see yes. if this is a thing. Yeah. I need to... I'm, I'm hesitant to, the reason that for me this score is difficult is because I want to think that this is something that really is innovative, mm -hmm. but I need to know if professional, is, is it actually innovative or is it there to literally fool you and me mm -hmm. into paying a higher Is it a marketing scheme? Right. Or is it actually something that will be keen to the flavor profile? Yeah. Right. Talking about it a little bit more, I'm dropping it down to a seven. Do I dare I say I don't even want to finish this glass? You gotta finish the glass and we'll just drink beer. Y'all, and this and we're keeping this in. We are consciously only gonna drink the rest of this glass. 
and drink some Houston beer. Damn, y'all, we didn't even do that with 1835. But to be fair, we also got really drunk. We got really drunk. And we had Coke. I'm going to tell you what. I think maybe as a mixer, maybe some Coke would be good with this thing. Three in the morning. This is is ass. I just hate the, whatever. Look, we don't like it. Pass. We've had one bad wreck from Specs. We've had one bad wreck from Total Wine. So you gave it a six. I'm getting it a seven. Somehow I'm going to cut all that fucking shit down to be like 15 minutes long. You want to know how long we're at? Do you know how much work I've got to do? A fucking hour. This is not one of the best whiskeys we've ever had. But let's talk about Dr. Who. Let's. So this week, we're discussing the Space Museum. The Space Museum ran from April 24th to May 15th of 1965. Things that happened during this run. Protests were held in Armenia, which brought the Armenian genocide to a national conversation point, which... That is still not recognized. At home. We're starting to have protests in Berkeley. Now, closer to Dr. Who's home. We are really seeing the emergence of the mod culture. Ticket to Ride is number one by the Beatles Mm -hmm. during this time. And I think that this episode really shows us how pervasive mod culture is to British landscape. And we're going to start seeing that, you know, we've already had the Beatles in America. But if you think about the 60s and even getting into the 70s, of the British invasion into America. Mm-hmm. The Who, the Kinks, these like huge British bands. Mm-hmm. All of those are the front edge of mod, mm-hmm. of this mod culture. Mm-hmm. So the perspective we have of British culture is pretty mod. Mm-hmm. So this so is... like Austin Powers? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, like it's a parody of that. Which but it's, I'm going to discuss. Because one of the opening scenes mm. really reminds me. Of Interesting. I, I think this is going to be a really fascinating conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this episode was written by Glenn Jones and directed by Mervyn Penfield. Mm-hmm. This is Jones's only time writing, but he goes down as the only person to both write and then later act in an episode of Classic Doctor Who. Interesting. You know, he gets a little gold star. Mm-hmm. Now, Penfield has directed parts of a couple of other stories, um, including The Sensorites and Planet of Giants. Mm-hmm. But he's also been the, so, the show's associate producer since the beginning. So he's had a big hand in everything we've watched so far. Uh, but this is his last story with Doctor Who. Is there anybody important in the cast? Peter Diamond makes a reappearance. He is our actor. We're going to see a couple of times throughout Doctor, uh, classic Doctor Who. He is the Tuscan Raider from A New Hope that threatens Luke in those, those early scenes. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is his second appearance because okay. I remember us talking about the fact that you don't remember who that Tuscan Raider is. Mm-hmm. Perfect. The other guy is Jeremy Bullock, mm-hmm. who played Tor, who is like the leader of the youth rebels. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you say tour, I just think about the British woman who was a model that was in my sociology class. Not her. (laughs) Don't know who that is. This is the guy that 
um, Vicky talks to a lot through mm, the whole thing, right? Okay. That guy is only motherfucking Boba Fett. No way! The original... He's fucking Boba Fett? The original goddamn Boba Fett. Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, I am not kidding you. And I just have such a strong reaction because literally my boyfriend and I were watching Star Wars, the, like, in order, and we're on the Clone Wars. Yeah. And we're, we, 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 yeah. we've we've known He's Boba the original... So Boba Fett did not speak in the original trilogy, right? Yeah. So he's just the dude. Isn't that crazy? He's like a rebel in Star Wars. He's like doing the fucking thing. I was stoked. Yeah, Tor's not going to get any points, but if he did, he'd get a 10 because he's Boba Fett. Yeah. What are your first impressions for the Space Museum? One of the first scenes reminded me a lot of one of the first scenes. I think it's in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I think it's the second one. Best title for a movie ever. Right. But um, if it's not Spy Who Shagged Me, let me just paint the picture for y'all. So cut to, okay, we are in a desert landscape, and we cut to uh, Dr. Evil on a corner trying to fucking kill Austin Powers, or some shit is going on. One of the opening scenes into what the Space Museum was going to look like reminded me of that just because of the landscape. So that was Honestly, one of the first notes that I wrote. The outside of the ship is giving me Austin Power vibes, but we're in the middle of the desert. That's literally the note that I wrote. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and um, I like stupid comedy. I like Austin Powers, and Fat yes. Bash was one of my favorite characters, because, duh, I like poop jokes. But <laughs> it, was, it, it gave me very much of that, and I thought, Austin Powers definitely gave me those vibes where I I, I, I attached to something that I was familiar with, which mm-hmm. is Austin Powers. And throughout, I was just, everyone kind of played their part, but I think the person that stood out to me the most was Vicky. And once again, I was just like, y'all fucked up, which was Susan. Frankly, she was a fucking genius. Bad this bitch ass. was putting together all the motherfucking yes. dots. And she was using the futurist, her futuristic self yes. to plant herself, but also responsibly try to figure out what the future was going to look like. Yes. Which Barbara did not do. No. Which fucking Susan was too screaming to do. Ian had a goddamn panic attack. Ian was fucking doing what he does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor was just being a silly goop. So, honestly, like, seeing this made me so pissed for Carolyn Ford. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I would be so fucking annoyed that I'm the OG yeah. and you made me fucking look stupid. Hashtag justice for Susan. Right. Yeah. Because you gave Vicky. I might add that hashtag to everything. <laughs> hashtag justice for Susan. You gave Vicky mm-hmm. the points that Susan was supposed to get. Yeah. Because Susan was supposed to be the future yeah. innovative bitch. Yeah. And you just did was, not know what the fuck to yeah, do. Yeah. She was her. supposed to be that queen, and then they only figured it out with Vicky. And I'm just like, I'm glad they figured it out with Vicky. I'm also glad for the age group because it gave representation to an age group at that time. Mm -hmm. It's also just so indicative of the time. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, fucking patriarchy. 
Yes. You know? So the whole episode, I, I, I really liked this, yeah. this, this installment. Yes. But the entire time I was just like, hashtag justice for Susan. Hashtag justice for Susan. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I really enjoy this, this episode. I think it's going to be no secret as we move through. It's one of my favorite episodes. I get a big kick out of it. Fun. It's exciting. It's also really fun to see low budget, you know? Oh, man. How and this they is the fourth dimension. This is. Budget. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really fun is that of season two, this is the low budget episode. This is the one where they went. They didn't want to do a low budget on like any of the other I know, ones. I know. Of all the episodes, this could have been a really great one to be high budget on. But this is the one where they went, hey, you know that one Let's scene? Let's just do the Spock eyebrows for everyone. Well, yeah. This, <laughs> this is the scene where they're like, hey, you know those tables in that one scene? Let's flip them upside down and turn them into cases for the museum. Hey, you know these sets? Let's use them for that future. This is a recycled set kind of an episode. This is the don't spend any money so we could spend it on another episode episode. It's going to be a lot of me just really liking this episode. Yeah, I feel it. So let's get into a brief synopsis, Mm -hmm. which is going to actually give away a lot of how I feel about this episode. Go for it. You ready? You ready? I'm very proud. Take it away. I'm real proud of this. Five, four, three, two, one. After traveling through time and space for honestly, let's be real, who knows how long, the TARDIS gang are finally confronted with the realities of the fourth dimension as they start to fuck around with their own personal timeline. What follows is a clear condemnation of English patterns of conquest and colonization, as well as a scathing commentary on the museums that grew out of that practice, thinly veiled as a space action adventure story. Yo, literally what you just said in the last sentence, I was like, Fucking colonizer. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm just going to pause and give a round of applause because that was one of the fucking phenomenal. That was a phenomenal fucking summary. Just join me, folks. I was so, I honestly, I was so, I wrote it in my notes and I went, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the synopsis. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Nerd. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. We are going to get down to the meat of the episode, which means we are getting into the TARDIS points. Boom. What do they mean? Don't fucking ask. Hey, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifically. Arbitrary. Rankings. Done with intoxicated seriousness. Oh, damn. (laughs) No. (laughs) Determined. Fuck. It's always the D. The D? I get hung up on the D. Hold on, wait. Pause. It's always the D. You always get hung up on the D, girl. No facts. Facts. Always the D. It's always the D. <laughs> Determined. Girl, I'm never going to go with a basic-ass word like done. Determined. So, TARDIS points. Terrifically arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. Because, look, I'm going to be real. This is a real shit whiskey. I'm, I'm intoxicated. Drunk. 
So, how did we feel about the doctor this episode? You know, I, I actually, because I was conscious, I, uh... You uh, stayed awake? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. And I, I caught some of his fibs, which were really funny. Yes! <laughs> but also, the doctor was very much just, like, a little cheeky this episode, these episodes. He was very much just, like, a little cheeky bastard, which I appreciated, because he was not a fucking asshole. I like the doctor. I absolutely like the doctor. Y'all, I've come a long way. It's been a long road. So you liked him this episode? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually liked him. You know, I liked him. I liked him. I think that you tend to like him when the episodes get a little bit more, for the doctor, get a little bit more silly instead of... I don't like asshole doctor. I also just don't like asshole people. Well, I would argue that this is a bit of an asshole doctor. It's, Not in the other ways that we it's, have seen. It, right. That's what I mean. Right. The other, the yes. asshole doctors in the past have just been straight up mean. And I think that, and I, it'll be interesting to see as we move forward how my scores change for the doctor because I still love the asshole doctor. Very clearly the doctor we were getting in the caveman, they were getting the first Dalek episode, Edge of Destruction. That's not the same dude we're encountering now. So, anything else about... Do you, before I go into and Doctor, and Doctor was great. I thought he was funny. One of my favorite little bits was at the very, very beginning when Ian looks down and he goes, "We've got our clothes on," and the Doctor says, "Yes, I should hope so." <laughs> I, that was another part that I was like, "Was like all of a sudden, like switch uh, wardrobe change." Yeah, that's some of that like funky time fuckery that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I liked about the Doctor is we're finally getting into some of the conversation about time and relativity. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? The fourth dimension besides yeah. the fucking pilot episode where Susan was telling us that this existed, but uh, we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's kind of like I mentioned in the synopsis. We've been traveling through time and space for... I mean, at this point, I want to say like a year. year. Yeah, at this point, their time frame, like a year or two. Yeah, Ian and Barbara have been on this for a long enough. I mean, they fucked. They They went from not fucking to fucking, so that was definitely a couple months. And in this episode, I think they went from like fucking to having their first like couples fight. I feel like they had their couples fight a couple episodes. They're still like not necessarily like, they're fucking for convenience, not because they love each other. But the doctor. Mm -hmm. He finally starts talking about the fact that he doesn't fully understand the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. So he's using the fourth dimension, but doesn't quite understand it. He's open to being vulnerable. Yeah. Which is something that we have not seen in a while, and that is something that I hated about him the most. Mm-hmm. And I really liked um, one of my other favorite things between the Doctor and Ian is the Doctor, and I'm going to paraphrase roughly, uh, the doctor says, it's time and relativity, my dear boy. Time and relativity is where the answer lies. And Ian says, yeah, but it'd be better for you to like, explain that. And the doctor responds with, yes, but there's no time. Which of course. is one of my favorite types of like in-jokes. It makes it very meta. Right. And I, I love a good meta joke. I love a good turning to the camera and breaking the fourth wall. I also really liked... The fact that instead of just being an obnoxious a-hole, which is what we've been seeing a lot through the seasons, in which I've really enjoyed, he becomes the obnoxious a-hole where his knowledge actually matters. 
and he has something to contribute to the conversation instead of just being, I'm an obnoxious asshole. It's, I'm an obnoxious asshole, but it is beneficial to listen to me. And I am always, it's kind of that whole, is it better to be just obnoxious or Sherlock? Where, like, you're mad you have to listen to Sherlock, but, like, all right, Holmes, like, you got something going for you. Like, you got a point. Fine. I'm begrudgingly listening. Now, one of the things that I love about this episode, and I'm going to be honest, is going to skew my score. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. I have no shame. Mm-hmm. I live for the moment where the doctor climbed into the Dalek and pretended to be a Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> it is quite possibly, it is definitely in my top three moments of Doctor Whoever. Having seen the whole thing, all of it top to bottom, nothing gets me like the gleeful cackling of the doctor from inside of that Dalek, Mm -hmm. pretending to be a Dalek, knowing that he's hiding, knowing that the Daleks are the scariest shit he's ever seen, but like getting to hide inside its corpse. Yeah. It's shell, essentially, like, and making a joke out of it. And then that gleeful little head pops up Uh out of the casing, and I rewound it and watched it at least three times. Because it's funny. I didn't think it was funny, but I enjoyed it. Shut up. You're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. I enjoyed it. You're wrong. I enjoyed it. It was a little, like bow to like the Daleks also the fact that they they came up made me think like oh we're gonna see them again and sure enough but I was was like this is a cool little reference which was one of the first times that I saw that the writers actually referenced Mm -hmm. the future Mm -hmm. because now it shows me that they're actually talking to each other and it's not just singular written episodes yeah you know it's not as far-fetched as like some of the other ones yeah yeah, there's definitely conversations happening in the writer's room. They know that this is going past one season. They know this is probably going past two seasons. Mm-hmm. They're starting to think about maybe continuity, mm-hmm. but, like, don't get excited. Yeah. The Doctor was funny. It was good. So what do you give him? I will give him a 7.5. Wow. I know. I think it's one of the highest. I disagree. I'm very surprised with how low that score is. Really? Yeah. Well, in comparison to how much I've hated the doctor, I feel like it's definitely in comparison to what Well, overall, yes. But um, I'm giving him a 9.5. Damn. Okay. But I will be honest, a lot of, a large portion of it comes out of that like whole popping out of the Dalek and being goofy and silly. That scene is iconically one of the best scenes of all of Doctor Who. So he gets like three or four points just from that imagery. So definitely a 9.5. And you gave him a... 7.5. 7.5. I mean, like, I, I think that kind of balances itself out. Those are both pretty high scores for mm-hmm. the, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So that leads us into... How do we feel about uh, Vicky? Loved her. Yeah. Best showing. Loved her. I wanted, I'm giving her a nine because everything that Susan could have been, Vicky was. Vicky is. 
Oh man, revolutionary. She was uh she got the techno babble down. That takes into account the future. Yeah. And everyone else is got... not like fucking Barbara's colonizer ass yeah. who was like kill them all. She's like, wait, this has an impact. Yes. Actually, this really doesn't because we did this, this, and this. Yeah, Barbara as Tech Barbara was very like, but moral reasons why I think this civilization is wrong. And Vicky is more like if I do this, then within the constraints of this civilization, this might happen. So let's go this route, which is so much. She was never judging either side. Exactly. She was just saying, I don't want to end up as an exhibit. So let's go this route because this will keep me out of the box. That's what she went for. She was the badass revolutionary. We really could tell that she was not a being from this timeline, mm. perhaps yeah. this dimension, but she was well aware of her impact. Yes. And I think that has to do with her being a human from the future, unlike Susan, who was not human from mm-hmm. I don't know where. Yeah. Well, and I also think that they remembered, the writers remembered that Vicky was from the fucking future. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they couldn't remember that Susan was from the future. One of the moments I liked with Vicky was she screamed really early on and she immediately turned to the rest of the gang and goes, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really, I just yeah. really appreciate, like, I'm so sorry that I screamed. <laughs> and I honestly went, girl, you don't have to apologize to me. You're going through some pretty intense shit. You're allowed to scream every once in a while. As long as your every fucking reaction isn't a scream. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could see a bad episode with Vicky and still be like, you know what? You went through some shit. I'll give you a break. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't a bad episode with Vicky. Mm-hmm. This was, she was smart. She thought about her social impact. Everybody else was freaking out around her. And she was like, Let's just think rationally about this. Mm-hmm. She got with the, you know, young urban beatniks mm-hmm. and said, "Which is actually what I what I wrote in my fucking notes. Mm-hmm. These guys look like beatniks." Well, very the point, <laughs> very the point. And she said, "Y'all are just thinking about revolution. What if you actually do it?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one could argue very fairly. That the reason that the TARDIS gang did not end up as exhibits is because Vicky incited a revolution. Mm-hmm. So, you gave Vicky a 9. I'm giving her a goddamn 10. Okay, our first 10. I think this is our first this 10. Is, no, this is our first 10. But I was just so excited by Vicky. This is such a great episode, and she plays the central figure. Mm-hmm. In the whole thing. The second where she's like, I could go back to the TARDIS. She's like, fuck no. I gotta go back for my gang. Mm-hmm. So you give her a nine. I give her a ten. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Our Lady Vicky. Mm-hmm. That leads us into the other woman of the hour. Of two. <laughs> wow. I just, I just, I've just learned in these types of episodes, like, Barbs is just bitch. <laughs> I would just like to point out this is all I wrote for Barbara and Ian. 
That's what I wrote for Vicky and the Doctor. Literally, Full pages for yeah. Vicky and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Two lines for Barbara and Ian. Barbara and Ian have turned into just like the mom and pop of that. Oh, 100%. Just yeah. like, they're just there. The only thing color. Barb's gets for me is that for the first like half to three quarters of the story, she's like, um, can we just fucking do something? Now, she doesn't give any suggestions really. But at least she's like, yeah, these suggestions are all great, but like all of it is waiting. Can we fucking do something? She's not useless this episode, but she doesn't, she doesn't really do anything. All I could, I pointed out was Barbara has a prison chic look down in this, in this series. I said the costume department fucked her over. <laughs> prison chic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said, we're going to make Vicky look real cute and mod, and Barbara, you got to be the lady now. She's the granny. Yeah. Um, yeah, Barb's, for me, I, she was neither here nor, here's not here nor there. She was just kind of like a filler for me. So was Ian. So what kind of score are you going to give Barbara? I'm going to give her a 6. I gave her a 7.5. If only for the year and a tie for me. Yeah. If only for the like fucking do something, bitch. Mm-hmm. I literally put here Vicky doing savior shit, but not as offensive as Barb's. She comes off more helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think Vicky takes into account the culture she's in, and Barbara only takes into account the culture she's from. That's true. That was nice. That was very nice. That's a great Thank summary. You. Thank you. Great little clip. Thank you. Now, going to the white devil himself. El Diablo Blanco. <laughs> El Diablo Blanco himself? Ian. Will you give him? I think he also, he gets a six. Because he, he wasn't doing much um, pulling guns on people. I mean. <laughs> what the fuck got into Ian this episode? He was like, ray gun here. Ray gun there. I'll shoot you because I like it. He was like a, a mass shooter in America. Yeah. <laughs> the, first of all, we got... It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not, but it's real. First of all, you get... With these new gun laws, am I yeah. right? <laughs> Ooh, living in Texas is hard. Am I right? <laughs> first of all, you get Ian and Barbara fighting. Like two people who are fucking. All right, so you gave him a six. Um, I was actually on the same page as you. I gave him the six as well. Mm-hmm. It was not a great showing for Ian, I didn't think. He just got real panicky. Mm-hmm. Like, he really snapped this episode. He did. Everyone, he, did. He, he was the one that lost his cool and just went a little ham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns out that, like, Ian's down to just kill people. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? I but mean, we did know. I mean, you knew. I knew. You knew. I see. I saw him for what he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, yeah, I gave him a six just because, like, his, like, action fightery kind of, like, stance through it, his, like, I'm the cool guy, it was kind of fun because it was a dumb gun guy kind of a portrayal, which mm-hmm. I think works for him a little bit. So he wasn't, like, awful. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. But he did do a lot of panicking. Yeah. And Barbara had to be, like... Panicking and shooting. Yeah. Which are not the greatest combination. 
No. So yeah, a six. I don't know. Moving on. (laughs) So who did we feel like the bad guy was? The Morax. That's what they're called, right? The Morlocks. The Morlocks. The Morlocks. Mm -hmm. Not the Beatniks. No. The Morlocks. Yeah. Yeah, they were just, they're our traditional baddie. I don't think there's really an argument. There's not a very like out of the box argument here. It's just this, this one was pretty straight up. Mm -hmm. Just supposed to be fucking with us in the sense of like time and space, the time and space continuum. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting because the Morlocks kind of going back to the uh, synopsis I gave at the beginning, the Morlocks were very much like the establishment. Mm -hmm. And then you had the young teenage beatniks and Vicky Mm -hmm. leading a revolution. Mm -hmm. And, and like the the commentary on that the English expansionism and all of that was actually like a bad thing by something created by the BBC. Yeah. Was pretty interesting to mm-hmm. me. And also kind of the commentary on the fact that museums exist to display trophies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this one, at least except for the fucking Dalek. Yeah. Being... Uh, trophies of their own culture mm-hmm. it's still that's that's still what museums do and yeah. you're still doing it in a not your native territory mm-hmm. and so it's to intimidate the people around them you yeah. know the beatniks in this case yeah it, the whole concept that the rosetta stone sits in the british museum mm-hmm. and france wants it back Mm-hmm. Because they claim finders keepers. Britain thinks they have rights over it because they won it in a battle. Mm-hmm. And Egypt has this, you know, weird idea that they should have it because they made it. Yeah. And so I really liked, I love museums. I, they're some of my favorite places in the whole world to be. But I was appreciative of this episode kind of deconstructing the fact that like museums while they give access to information they also aren't necessarily the beacons of good intent mm-hmm. or you you kind of have to like ignore the fact that a lot of the shit was probably stolen yeah yeah you have to look at the final product not necessarily think about how how it got there yeah and I liked that this episode went, no, no, no. You have to think about how it got there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really refreshing for this show. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to hope that that's something that continues. Yeah. Because it's fun. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of going into the the most important part. You just try to skip the whole thing every time. <laughs> we haven't even ranked that. <laughs> You know, the whole show, let's just skip it. Well, because that was just a natural transition. Uh, yeah, that would have been real nice, but uh, I did a little we early. Did forgot to, we did yeah. forget to rank the, the baddie and the, and the score Damn. and the story. Yeah. 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 We just skip the end. I was like, that's a very natural transition. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it is a very important part. What do you give the bad guy? Bad guy? I mean, he, he uh, this guy, I, I guess, a seven. Just because traditional, middle-of-the-road bad guy. Actually, no. I'll give him an eight. They're, they're more of a symbol of just, like, globally mm-hmm. what 
we have done, what pe- folks have done to, to other people's cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And how they obtained these items, obtained these goods, these treasures, mm-hmm. these national treasures. Uh, so I would, yeah, I think an eight. An eight. Because, yeah, they're the traditional, like, colonizer mm-hmm. baddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave them a nine because not only are they storybook traditional colonizer baddies Mm -hmm. but real life ones but not and not (laughs) only are they real life ones Mm -hmm. but they are the real life traditional storybook baddie written by a product Uh of the traditional storybook real life baddie Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. english culture producing an english story about how the english were fucked up yep and you know i can appreciate that part of the conversation is that the youth of England or, or of the UK at that point mm-hmm. are going to basically help save it. So meta. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I gave the baddies a nine because mm-hmm. I just, I appreciated. Yeah. Even if like any particular one Morlock is like a four, mm-hmm. they were all kind of shitty. Yeah. They're As an entity, mm-hmm. it was real. You know, they'd been in this dominant stance for, mm-hmm insert whatever fucking time units those weird asses used uh i have no idea no i've seen it written down like seven times this week i I still don't know how they measure time Mm -hmm. it was very strange um but yeah so a nine okay i really wanted to just give it to the daleks when they showed up at the end oh my god just the baddies (laughs) i mean they're the they're They're the baddies they're the galactical baddies yeah and so they showed up so the daleks get an honorary 10 yeah the daleks the Daleks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Secondary score. We're the not Daleks done with them. Time. They're just going to be recurring. Oh, you, bless, your, bless you, my sweet I didn't child. realize how recurring they were actually going to yeah. be. I thought it was like once every couple season, not like one time every season or every couple episodes. Yeah. Well, you know. They're real, really milking that one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> they made them a lot of money. <laughs> um. So how did we feel about the story as a whole? We kind of did a little bit of that yeah, talking about the, the baddies, but how did you feel about the story as a whole? Story as a whole, I, I appreciated and I liked because it mm-hmm. was just like you mentioned, it was very much a commentary on um, their cultural, their mm-hmm. culture and how their nation has, you know, mm-hmm. come about a bunch of treasures that are sitting in museums in their countries right now, mm-hmm. you know, as we speak. So the story was good. I was pretty engaged, so that's a plus. Mm-hmm. I was not falling asleep. Uh, this story for me, I, I liked it. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty high for you. Yeah. I love this story. Uh, mm-hmm. It's It's got a lot of stuff that I really like in science fiction. The fact that this is going to be our first time of really having to deal with time and relativity in a personal way mm-hmm. you know they've been using time and relativity to time travel mm-hmm. but now when it affects them it becomes and we're seeing it yeah mm-hmm. it goes from being like oh isn't this so much fun as we traipse through time and space to being like what the fuck we're gonna d- i don't want to you know and that mm-hmm. whole existential panic that took ian from being mm-hmm. swashbuckling good guy of the series yeah. to insane yeah insane and that level of fear i think was really interesting Mm -hmm. i also like the fact they kept the tardis gang together for the most part 
Yeah, they didn't split him up. Yeah. That was uh, pretty good. That was fun to watch. Yeah. I realized like halfway, a quarter of the way through, uh, almost all the way through episode mm-hmm. one, and in the beginning of episode two, where I was like, I can't believe we're all st- like still hanging out mm-hmm. together. We haven't gone our separate ways Yeah. Yet. I liked the hairstyles of the Morlocks. Mm-hmm. They were horrific. Very much, very Spock-esque. Yeah. I do like the fact that we're going to have a whole episode where we are actually deta- uh, talking about the difference in things like determinism versus free choice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. have I always done this? Is this something that if I'm, if I do this, am I changing the future? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the duality of being frozen up by that choice. And then Barbara being like, yeah, but can we fucking do something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything. Standing here is not helping. Yeah, exactly. And I liked that we had the beatniks. Mm-hmm. They were the a little adorable. I liked that um, our teenage revolutionaries were wearing the black chucks. Mm-hmm. Like, pro- who knows? Like, it, I just I saw that at one point and I giggled. Yeah. So, like, of course you are in your space museum yeah. wearing Converse All Stars. It's very unabashedly mm-hmm. Converse. Like, we're not even gonna try and hide them. No promotion. Yeah, promotion, promotion, yeah. promotion. Yeah, right. Or mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, young teenage actors." Just bring bring some shoes, shoes from home. Right, and they exactly. All were wearing what you chucks. got? What you got? Yeah, it's DIY. Mm, absolutely. I mean, with the budget of that one, mm-hmm. we could tell. So you gave the story an eight point five. Yeah, I gave it a nine point five. Oh, okay. I really, really liked, liked it. it. Yeah, because it's one that I think that I would watch again, mm-hmm. like, independently. I just yeah. think it's fun. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a really good one. So that leads us into the question of the hour, of the day. Of the week. <laughs> Was this story neat or not? Definitely neat. Definitely neat. I said, one. fuck yes. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah, I would have given it the neat moniker just for the doctor mm-hmm. fucking around with the Dalek. Yeah. Yeah, it, that will be... You're maybe this is like your your favorite scene. Oh, absolutely. But the, when the, the doctor is basically it. fucking around in like high, tense, dangerous situations... It's like, it's won me over. You love it. I do. I love it a lot. There will probably be a whole row on the on the Instagram of mm-hmm. just the doctor and the Dalek. Just for the optics of it, because it's so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Top moment. So, a neat story. It was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. a good time. But yeah. next week... What do we got? Daleks. Again? Well, yeah. That's why they, they were the last thing that's that we right. saw. Right? That's right. They said... That's they, right. They said that the doctor is their greatest enemy, mm-hmm. and then they gotta go find him. Here we go again. What are we gonna do now? Well, the next step of a series of episodes <laughs> it's called the chase. So, right. so you we're can gonna just, be chasing. Yeah, we're gonna get chased. We're probably gonna get Our chased. Gang is gonna get chased. Yeah, they're probably gonna get chased, and probably by the Daleks. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> so uh, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, it should be fun. But for tonight, that's it. Bye, guys. Good night. Well, actually, not good night because you don't know. I don't know when you've seen this, when you're watching this. So, um, bye. More than likely, <laughs> I'm going to assume I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say either good morning, I hope mm-hmm. your work day goes well, mm-hmm. or good afternoon, I hope your work day went well because mm-hmm. I usually listen to mine to or from work. Yeah. Well, bye. whatever time of day, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at on the rocks pod, all underscored on Instagram, or if you have comments or concerns or even better whiskey recommendations, please send them to media on the rocks pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.